0: Hi, this is Gene Casella from Port St. John, Florida, and you're listening to the
1: Really Big Barbecue Central show.
2: Happy to have you aboard here for the Really Big Barbecue Show.
3: Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how is it on? You have a great show of a big
0: fan.
1: Boing.
0: So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks
1: like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Shabono, It's all
2: about the Shabono, dude! Succulent fish, what?
4: He ate 2C before we ness. Oh listen, Labernius, shut your
2: face.
5: I'm shaking like a dog shits peach seeds.
2: We have some men working on it right now. Soft men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard here. You found the Barbecue Central show. We talk about barbecue related items. If you've missed the first hour, what could possibly have been more important? I'll let it slide this time. Luckily, I'm recording, so you can get this show on podcast starting in about an hour from now. Actually, two hours from now. All whole day tomorrow, though. Of course, the segment brought to you by Fireboard monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring, or connect via the Bluetooths. And if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant, you're in home. Uh, you're at at home. You're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with, board, uh, with both. Visit more by. Uh, Find out more by visiting Fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232. Let me tell you, I have a Fireboard. I've had it for a long time. And for the majority of that long time, it sat in a drawer. I hate to say that. And then I decided this day I am going to use it. And then I set it up, and it was as easy. You know, that was the other thing. A lot of times you hear, this is easy to set up, or it takes no time to get going, up and running right out of the... And then you really get down to it, and you start putting two and two together. It's not. Get that big stuff out of here. Fireboard says, super easy, hook it to your home network in like five seconds, but you're up and running in no time flat. Uh, 100% the truth. I took it out of the box. I turned it on. It found my network. I put the password in. The little box was ready to go where you plug all the inputs in. I got online, made the quick account. Now I can see it graphing on my computer. It's running in the background. It's hooked to the LAN. It couldn't have been simpler. And I have three inputs plus a pit temperature probe if I want to use one. And I still have room for three other probes. You can load it out with six total. So I guess that would be two of the three. I have two internals and a ambient pit temperature probe. It's so easy. It's accurate. I did test it in boiling water, of course, which I highly recommend that you do. Even if you have the thermopens and all that crap, boil water once a month. Stick them in there. Make sure they're reading 212. Make sure that sometimes they get out of calibration. And if you don't check it, you don't know. Word of the wise, check it. If you haven't done it in a while, check it like tomorrow or before the weekend, or before your next cook, so you don't screw it up. But I'm telling you, uh, unsolicited, this time unsolicited, when I was reading the read, they were paying me to do that, but this was unsolicited. If you don't have a fireboard and you're looking for a reliable, uh, automatic, like remote thermometer that you can use your computer with, that comes with a really intuitive app that logs, notes, you can do all this, plus six inputs. You can literally measure six internal meat temperatures differently or six all with one. You know, if you have a huge cut of lion, you can stick six different temperature probes in that cut of lion and monitor all secrets at the same time. It's so nice, so easy, well worth the money, great Christmas gift if you haven't thinking about. Uh, this is something that I feel very passionate about now because, as I had said, When they sent me one, and I didn't pay any money for it, but when they sent me one, I chucked it right in the drawer because I was uh, a little worried about how hard it was going to be to set up. And so it sat there for months, and then I decided to give it a try because I thought about maybe I would talk shit about it, but lo and behold, it's magic. It's so easy. You got to go get it. I'm telling you right now, if you are... Asking for something for Christmas or if you're looking for a gift because you think you have everything and if you don't have a fireboard, go to your lover, your wife, whatever, girlfriend, same-sex lover, whatever you like, and say, hey, person, I want a fireboard this year. You will thank me later. You will thank me. So easy, so versatile, super easy to set up. I can't believe how easy it was to set up. I'm on a tangent here, but let me tell you something. Still to come on this show tonight. It is the fourth Tuesday of the month. That's the embedded correspondence. Thank you. <laughs> Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok slash uh, at BBQ Central Show for all of those slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. If you want to do that thing, no problem. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this Friday. If you can believe it, we are episode 95. That means, if my math is correct, five weeks from now, we will be at episode 100. Episode 95, however, takes you back to October 20th, 2015, so almost uh, four years to the day, actually a little over four years to the day. And first part is a barbecue round table. And I hate to admit this, but I am not going to lie about it. We had Robin Lindars on this competition or on this round table. We had Bill Minahan. Uh, by the way, from a nostalgic standpoint of the show, Bill Minahan, who was on the show, I don't know if it was semi regularly, but he was he had been on a couple times. What a great personality Bill was. I don't know how we lost contact, or maybe he just got out of barbecue, or maybe I just stopped reaching out. I don't know. A lot of things transpired during the course of the show. But when he was on a great ball of energy and always had a take and not afraid to share it, he was a great guest. And then uh, Chad Warren. And here's where I need to apologize. I don't know who Chad Warren is
1: anymore. Get that big stuff out of here.
2: Chad Ward or Chad Warren? John, send me a message immediately. Is it Chad Warren in the best stuff? Because I don't know who Chad Warren is anymore. I apologize, Chad, if it is Chad Warren. If it's Chad Ward, I know who Chad Ward is, and he don't know me anymore. If it's Chad Warren, I apologize. I just don't remember four years ago. Why do I know him, John? Why, Why did I have him on? Boy, I hate to say that, but you talk to so many people. And uh, he just uh, falls through the clacks. My humble apologies, Chad. My humble apologies. So that's the first part of the best moments. Then in the second part, Daniel Vaughn also stopped by to talk about being the Texas Monthly Barbecue Editor. All right, now I have to stall because I was going to do one story before we get into the Embedded Correspondence segment. But now I want to share a different story with you because I just mentioned Daniel Vaughn. If you are on social media, maybe you did see this, maybe you didn't see this, but there's a account called BBQ Confessions or BBQ Confessionals, and while I cannot... Uh, say that uh, when I was watching or or reading this guy he said that he was going to take the account down after this but basically he finds names in the industry to to give barbecue confession and here's one from Texas Monthly's barbecue editor Daniel Vaughn and I quote far away from home in the Big Bend region I was filming with Kelsey Probisky for Barbecue Quest as a co-host We had just got done with our first of three days of shooting. Hadn't eaten any barbecue that day because we were saving it for the last two days. At dinner that night in Alpine, we all ate the same thing, except I had a salad with my chicken fried steak, which is what I'm guessing got me sick. Back at the hotel, I woke up at 2 a.m. with the sudden urge to use the bathroom, which is never a good thing. I was up all night puking, had diarrhea. Had to meet the crew at 6 a.m. to drive to the first location as we got to Convenience West in Marfa Midtown after shooting background scenes for the show. I hadn't eaten all day and was hydrating as much as I could. I held down the puking, but it was definitely not. but, But I was definitely not farting with conflict. Not farting with it. We sit down at a large tray of food. I realized the way the producers wanted to shoot this was to have us eat everything on the tray. Not clean the tray, but a piece here or a piece there. Shoot it a couple times, so I'm forcing a smile like I'm feeling good about it. As I look hungry, I as I look as hungry as I can for barbecue, got done, headed back to the hotel for a night of vomiting, for for the night vomiting stopped, but still had diarrhea. Next morning, wake up, blah, 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 uh, take a picture with the whole crew and Dodd Buckman, DB's owner. The sun hits me in just the right way, and I sneezed. There's a code. You tell the production staff that you need a bathroom break very quickly since there's no bathroom inside DBs. I had to jump in one of their vehicles, drove down to the gas station, at the gas station bathroom. I immediately threw away my underwear in the trash, cleaned up best I could, sprayed my shorts with Febreze that was there. Changing clothes was not an option. Since we needed continuity from shot to shot, and we had the same outfits on. Hopped back to the car and headed back to the chute. We made it through the rest of the chute, got back in my car, drove seven and a half hours back home to Dallas. How about that? Daniel, out of all the times you've been on this show, that's a story you didn't want to talk about or bring up? That's a barbecue confession right there. Sneezed and crapped his pants. Sick, by the way. Like, he was sick. Not. I mean, it is gross, but he was sick. Sneezed, crapped his pants, left to go to the gas station. Freshened up best he could, and to stay consistent, stayed with the same clothes, which was ballsy. And then drove eight hours home after the fact. Wow, we got to ask him about that next time. No doubt. We're leading with that, Daniel. Hopefully this doesn't get back to him. Uh, We have the embedded correspondence coming up. I will talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Established in 1882, they make some of the best sausage and uh, Central Texas barbecue available today. Owned for three generations by the same family. It's the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They ship nationwide. All meats processed on the USDA-inspected facility, a trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. Wholesale options available right now, shipping nationwide via FedEx or through food distribution channels like Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Market Foods. Co-packaging capable from research and development to package completion. They can also follow your recipes or help you develop something new. Private label opportunities also available. Visit southsidemarket.com. That's Southside market.com and when you order use code bbq central all one word lowercase bbq central get 10 percent off your entire order this time the next time and the time after that just keep going 10 percent off bbq central we are back with the embedded correspondence stick around be right back
1: only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue a man actually named meathead the author of a barbecue bible bloggers reviewers competitors and manufacturers by the dozens it's the barbecue central show once again here's your host greg Rempy.
2: all right welcome back this portion of the show is being brought to you by smithfield that's right Hey, did you know that Smithfield's National Championship is getting ready to come off here in a couple weeks? All the teams have been invited. Everybody's ready to rock and roll. So, hey now, go to SmokinWithSmithfield.com for all the deets if you are not familiar with that. Also, uh, check back to that website every now and again. You never know what's going to be happening out there, but I can't wait to see how the first annual National Barbecue Championship goes down in New Orleans. Three days of cooking, I believe. So you have that to look forward to in the next couple weeks. It is the fourth Tuesday of the month, and that's all I really need to say. It's the embedded correspondence like And we have uh, Steve Ray from Ottawa, Tennessee. We have John Solberg, top right in Michigan. We have the longest-ranging correspondent. Doug Scheiding in Texas, bottom left. And there's David Huff in Oklahoma, right there on the bottom right, gentlemen. Appreciate you making time, as always, as we do it here once per month towards the end of each and every month on a lot of topics to get to. Uh, right off the bat, John Solberg from Michigan. A quick recap, if you have any. By the way, let me – can I do this? Mm, no. No, I can't do that. All right, I'm going to get to it. Your backdrop is magical, John. I mean, it is. You might have a more professional looking backdrop than me, and that is hard to do. By the way, Steve uh, is Steve is running a very close second, although it uh, it's a magical it backdrop. It's a magical it backdrop. I love it. it did. What What did you do? How do you have it set up there, John?
0: Uh, <laughs> I have uh, a sound enclosure around this to try to drown out the other noise while I'm recording the best moment show. So just basically a couple sound baffles behind me on three sides. Oh. there's like three inches of mineral in these walls behind me, and a couple bass traps in the corner just for effect. I have no idea why it's blurry. It's not.
2: I, I got to figure that one out. You
0: you don't know why it's blurry? No, that's that's a toggle that's switched off. So
2: oh well, I think uh, I think it, it looks the color looks very warm and inviting. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't. Well, I, I really don't know what the fascination with the blurry uh background is with these cameras all of a sudden like you guys got cameras and then uh, i'm not talking about you john specifically and and doug or i think uh david has never used the blur which i certainly appreciate but for instance i was just talking with steve a couple hours ago there was no blur and he has decided to just throw the blur back on again i mean it's if, if unbelievable i, could
3: interject, I didn't it, touch a thing
0: if i could interject quickly if <laughs> my blur was off and when this call picks up the yes. blur turns on oh. i just went in and shut it off
3: Am
2: I blurry? Do I have a blurry background?
0: No, there's there's a a connection issue.
2: Do I have a blurry background? Am I blurred? No. No. Okay. Am I blurred? No, but it looks like you might have undone it.
0: I did because it switched itself on after connecting to the call. All right, so So that's why yours is
2: on as well. So, Doug, Doug, you have yours on uh, on purpose, or or you you you've been a victim? (laughs) I have no idea.
4: It automatically switches on when uh, on, on the call. You got to uh, undo it. All right, got it. So you're you're a victim,
2: right, Doug? Yeah, I have no idea how okay. to switch it. All right, yeah, no problem. All right, I just wanted to make sure I didn't want to yell at Steve two we or two months in a row because you know, it. yeah, so that's why I just kind of fished it out there before I went ballistic. Um, I didn't
0: want you yelling at me for Steve two months in a row. That's right.
2: That's right. So all right, uh, let me go back to you again, John. Um, World Food Championships 2019, and I'm not going to ask you to break it down or do any of this stuff, but – and this is the same question for all you guys. Just from a high level, is it on the radar? Is it off the radar? Is it, like, nowhere near the radar? What are your thoughts on World Food Championships?
0: I would love it to be on my radar, but I find it extremely difficult to follow. You can't keep up with it on a day-to-day basis. They don't update their social media sites, in my opinion – they never update the website. You can't figure out what's going on. It's just hard to follow. Their lives are difficult to watch and listen to. I'd love for it to be on the radar, but it, it can't be. Unless you have someone on the ground like Doug does, who's close and can feed us information. I, I just, It's hard to follow.
2: What about you, David? Uh, David, are you on mute?
4: There, yes, I am. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to cut out that heavy, that heavy mouth breathing that I do. No problem. Um, yeah, I agree with what John said. Not only that, but it—I don't know. I don't feel like it gets the publicity, the marketing. It doesn't get the um, fanfare that some of the big barbecue contests do, and so I don't think it has the same following. I know that I don't think anybody around here knows about the World Food Championships the way they know about barbecue contests.
2: Hmm. All right, uh, Doug, your thoughts, World through Championship?
4: Yeah, I mean, I was, like John was saying, in terms of them
5: updating their website and even their social media, et cetera, I was learning more from just fellow IBCA members that were there and and looking at their web pages, et cetera. So that's kind of how I've uh, followed Jackie through it. Um, you know, you mentioned, David, in terms of big barbecue contests. Does anybody have an idea how many IBCA teams there were this year? No. Any guesses? Twenty-eight. Is that a lot? Two-eight. That sucks. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Th- to give you a, a, a point of reference, the Waxahachie event that she mentioned, yeah, that's going to be up there, which is up near Dallas, is going to have over three hundred teams. Really. Yes, wow. so I mean, it's not like it's a, a locale kind of thing. Um, it, it, it doesn't get the the notoriety, and and that was one of the reasons moving to to, to Dallas. Right? We all thought that they they would get more IBCA uh, type teams. So um, I didn't I didn't hear uh, uh, I didn't hear much about it other than um, I did talk to a couple people afterwards that told me told me a few details. Doug, but. do
2: you think from an IBCA standpoint that it's not it's not being promoted to them to come out and cook it? Or, or were you hearing conversations of saying, hey, uh, I'm either going to do the world foods or I'm going to do this competition. You know, it's one or the other. Or were people not talking yeah. about world foods at all?
5: Yeah, I th- I th- not many people were talking about World World Foods I mean I know that the, they had nine no shows is what I heard so nine out of 28 is pretty big um, you know uh, yeah. Jackie mentioned that the, you know a few things to work out and she didn't have problems with move in uh, you know the early birds that got there first they had to wait two and a half hours before they got their act together and they could move them into different spaces hmm. and uh, so they, they just didn't have it you know well thought out um, I did hear that attendance that that the attendance was almost non-existent wasn't that one of the reasons that they moved to dallas as well um i heard it was blamed on you know the dallas cowboys game and the in the state fair but um i do have one interesting piece of information i heard that johnny Trigg did not actually cook his meat that he had a hired gun cook his meat
2: Uh, do you have any way to prove that
5: um, this came from a very reliable source that was at the contest and said it was J.D. Henley.
2: J.D. It was one of the top cooks. J.D. JD, JD Henley, Henley was the Buckshot. one that was doing the cooking for Johnny Trick. That is what I heard. Really? Yes. Wow. All right. Well, that's a, a bit of a uh, salacious news there coming out of the trick camp. Just another reason why he will never talk to me again, uh, as we're talking about it here on the show. Do you think he would admit to that if asked?
4: Um...
5: I heard that they were trying to kind of keep things on the down low, but uh, hmm. that's that's why the source will remain. All right, confirmed. I know
2: somebody that I can ask about that at a later date, and I, oh, I will yeah. confirm back to you on that. And, uh, we'll confirm, you... please. All right, uh, Steve, uh, let me get your thoughts on uh, World Food Championships and, and how you think it's operating.
3: Well, I still love them. I don't understand the, uh, the problem with y'all finding. I found all kinds of information on the website. It was updated daily. It wasn't updated minutely, but it was updated every night. Uh, there's a real nice synopsis of it. And uh, anybody know where the final table is? It's on the website. Anybody know where the final table is in the spring?
2: Uh, like where the, where the location is? Where the location is?
3: Yeah. Final no, I have, table. I have,
2: I have no idea. Everybody's shaking their Greg, head
3: what's your Greg, what's your favorite city? Uh, Chicago. No. Your other favorite city. Cleveland. Cleveland. No. 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 You've no. got to No, there's another favorite city. You love it. New York City. No. What? Indianapolis. That's my favorite city. I'm I love that. You. All right. That's I where never. Twenty twenty. And wow. guess what? It was right on the website. Really? With all the winners. Hey, you know what I thought was weird though? Uh, world barbecue champion Ryan Murphy cooked the winning dish was Wagyu steak dinner. Uh, the world steak champion Ryan Hegland winning dish Tomahaw Wagyu ribeye. Hmm. Isn't that weird? It's all steak, right? Barbecue. Barbecue is, it, it just doesn't fit this concept. I'm sorry. It, it just does not fit. I don't care who cooks what, how many teams. I thought they had like 60 some teams in the uh, I, IBCA competition, Doug. I thought they had like 20 something in the EAT and 60 something in the uh, IBCA.
5: I was told 28 with was nine no shows. And and a couple people that had qualified didn't cook the IBCA that they had already qualified in the EAT.
3: I, I saw that. I saw, I, I thought I saw it. But maybe I'm wrong. It, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't fit this. It's an exciting, a very exciting uh, event. The, the kitchen is is wonderful. I went two years ago. I would have loved to gone back uh, again. And if I ever do get to go back again, it won't be for barbecue. It will be for some uh, like uh, steak, hamburger, uh, sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what one burger, too. And you'll love this, Greg. Guess what kind of burger one? Wagyu burger. No. No. Uh, Bubba Your Burger. George Bode, Smash Burgers. Smash it. He won that? No, he didn't, but oh, uh, yeah. James Cheek from Muscle Shoals, Alabama did. Right. With the hometown Smash Burger Home as a winner.
2: Smash. All right. Well that's great. How about
3: that? Well
2: I, I was on the
3: website, John. John, it was on the website.
2: I'm 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 torn here because uh, I, I think so if you go to the what here's the problem. If you go to the website, uh, there's a large uh, p- large landing page there's a lot of big sh- colorful buttons and what you want to see is in colorfulness or just blinking and jumping up and down uh, like a flashing red uh, 2019 results but it's not there where it is is all way at the top in very little letters. It says 2019 results. It's very small, above all the color, all that stuff, and then you can find the results. That's really got to be addressed because you look over it, you're excited when you get on the page, you're like, "Uh, uh, I gotta find this, I gotta find that. But it's just in the very, very small top letters right above all the other colorful stuff where it says results or uh, like event and exhibit and all this other crap. So that needs to be addressed. Uh, I found a lot of Information through their Facebook page. I guess the only problem that I have is there just seems to be such a download of information on their Facebook page that if you're not there as it happens, it can quickly get lost through the scroll. And like I'm somebody that refuses to scroll for anything. Like if it doesn't show up after I do the mouse button once, like I'm on to the next thing. So I don't know how you rectify that situation, but there is there is a overwhelming amount of information on their Facebook page, and it's all the time and every day. And this person's a new sponsor, and this is the person of charity, and uh, this person's going to be featured and is going to be cooking. I mean, uh, Steve, you would agree that there is a, a a huge amount of info that's being pressed through that Facebook page, right?
3: Oh, enormous amount. In the yeah. Facebook Live, things are weird because it cuts in. You don't know what they're talking about. Um, you know, I would cut those out. I don't. I don't think they do much to enhance the coverage of it, unless they want to, you know, dedicate a Facebook page to um, a full day where you can, you know, where you can come in and come out instead of them coming in and coming out to your feet.
2: All right, that's going to do it for World Food Championships. Now let's get to the topic at hand, gang. We've been practicing for this. We've been consuming for this. We've been generating reviews for this and it was supposed to happen last month but obviously it didn't for good reason and this is the what appears to be a fast food love affair with the brisket specifically brisket sandwich which really from a uh old school or traditionalist sense uh brisket isn't a sandwich right you go to the barbecue shop and you say I want a pound of this and they slice it and they put it on a tray and maybe there's some pickles and onions or jalapenos or whatever get a side of beans what And you sit down and you pick the meat up and you put it in your mouth maybe you get some white bread on the side but I mean has anybody ever seen anybody use white bread on a friggin barbecue tray I mean I have never seen it it's like uh uh, uh, Ike Barinholtz once said here let me give you uh, many slices of uh, 10 cent bread on this uh, 24-hour piece of meat that I smoked. But I don't understand the white bread on the barbecue tray. But it's not a freaking sandwich, right? So uh, Subway had recently come out with their Subway authentically smoked brisket sandwich. And I said, well, this has got to be it. Gentlemen, please go to your local or uh, your local Subway and get this. Subway brisket sandwich and evaluate, and we're going to talk about it on the Embedded Correspondence site. Then I said, not only that, go to your Arby's because Arby's has had brisket on their menu for years now. It was originally a special sandwich, the brisket smokehouse sandwich that has made its way onto the regular menu unless I'm completely off base there. But every time I go, it's on there. And I said, get the brisket smokehouse sandwich, get the Subway sandwich, eat them both, make notes. And then we'll compare, contrast, potentially pick a winner here on the Barbecue Central Show. So, uh, David Huff, you are a budding YouTube star. You have a palate that is second to many. So, tell me about your experience with Subway sandwiches first. And that's how we will go around. We'll do Subway first.
4: Well, I sure like the... uh... Field assignment of the thermometer and the steaks a hell of a lot better than the subway sandwich. I'll tell you. You that know, this much.
2: is funny, David, that you mentioned that. This is almost like when we evaluate <laughs> barbecue pitmasters. You know, everybody hated the version when they followed all the teams around because nobody won. But then the second season, when that uh, douche took over as host. And then everybody was like, oh, this is the worst ever. We want to go back. Like Nobody liked taking thermometers to restaurants. I think one of my other guests said that I was a douche for doing that, by the way. But now, all of a sudden, it was a great idea. But I love how we uh, have revisionist history. But anyway, go ahead, Dave.
4: (laughs) I didn't mind taking thermometers to the restaurant at all. That was fun. But the Subway brisket sandwich, um, best summed up like this. I brought mine home. Uh, I let my wife take a bite. She looked square at me and said, that's not brisket. If my wife can point that out, that that pretty much says all you need to know. Uh, it didn't look like brisket to me. If so, it looked like it was definitely sliced the wrong way. It looked pressed, uh, a little chewy. I tried to get it without the barbecue sauce so I could actually taste the brisket itself, and I regretted that. It was one of those ones that should have been smothered in a good barbecue sauce. So... Was not a fan of the texture, was not a fan of the flavor, was not a fan of anything about it.
2: Uh, would you ever get it again? Uh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right, uh, John Solberg?
0: Well, I'm going to go right out of the gate. It was so bad, I did it twice because oh. I thought maybe the first time was a mistake. So I drove 90 miles to another subway and got another one. Um, for me, it was so bad. It, even the girlfriend, she couldn't swallow it. And that's pretty unusual. We're talking so about if, brisket, right? We're talking about brisket. Of course we're talking about brisket. Where are you going with this, mister? <laughs> it was, it was, it was, you know what? I actually ate the brisket. So if I had to score it, I'd score it at twos across the board. I Oof. couldn't give it a one. wait. Wow, we... I just, there's no way I could get, but I'd score it two, two, two across the board only because I did swallow it.
2: Uh, Steve, your thoughts on Subway?
3: It's awful. Horrible. It was, uh, I, watched them, uh, I watched them make it. The brisket looked like sliced roast beef. Um, smoked cheddar. <laughs> Who's ever put smoked cheddar on a, on a brisket sandwich? It doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like that. It's that thin. It's that thin when you get it. It's all pressed. It's all bread. Subway, Every everything they serve is all bread. They got little pieces of meat on it, and they got this huge bun. You eat it, you fill up on the bun. You know what these guys are doing? They're not they're not looking to serve a good brisket sandwich. They're just looking to use the word brisket because it's so popular. It's brisket, Texas brisket. It's, it, we cooked it for 14 days. And we, you know, <laughs> we, we cooked it for this long. It's brisket. We, we we have a guy that's in the back of the restaurant. That's all he does is cook brisket, 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 brisket fries. Firehouse Subs has a brisket sandwich now. Firehouse Subs. Have you ever had one of their subs? Never. They're, a brisket at Firehouse Sub—that's a—that's a tuna salad place, okay. And then they got brisket. They just want to use the word brisket. Yeah, it's just like it's just like McDonald's wants to use the, use the word ribs, you know, rib the McRib, because you know we want to we want to be on the the barbecue train. But they're not they're not interested in putting out a good product. They're interested in putting out the word brisket. And well, they did a good job because they wrote the word brisket on a poster. But when you get the sandwich, it tastes like shoulder clod on a hoagie roll.
2: Yeah, well, uh, I have to agree with everybody here. Now, I am getting a dissenting review in the instant chat where John Dawson of Patio Daddy-O-Barbecue uh, does say that he ordered it, liked it, and it was actually cut to a quarter inch, if you can believe it. Hold on, Doug. I'm going to get to here in just a second. Uh, so uh, let's go to Doug for his review.
5: This just shows that Texas brisket is ingrained in the people down here y'all are crazy that i went got a 12 inch brisket oh sandwich Lord. and i said make it and he asked me what i wanted on it right maybe i'll put all the wrong things on it. i said make it how most people like it he said okay <laughs> so we put brisket cheese i'd left it to him green peppers red onions pickles and a little bit of barbecue sauce we. Wow, I thought it was actually very good. I liked the crunch of the pickles. Uh, the sauce actually complemented it. You could taste the meat. So I, uh, it was tender. Yes, it was thin, but it was tender. It had a decent smoke flavor and it even had a little bit of fat on it. I actually thought this would be a perfect thing. You know, if you're on a road trip or driving or whatever, stop in at your subway and get this sandwich and eat it on the road while you're driving. I actually thought it would be good uh, for that, and I would
2: definitely get it again. Really? Look at Doug. Doug's last name has gone from Shiding to Subway, (laughs) Doug Subway on the show. Um, Now, uh, I I will quickly uh, review for me. um, I'm like 75% of you guys. It was uh, perhaps one of the most horrific sandwiches that I've ever had in my life. The meat was retrieved from the cold bin where it was put in a cardboard boat and then sent into the microwave for a flash reheat. And I did not ask my sandwich artist, by the way. I used to be a sandwich artist, so I know what goes into it. And I wanted the full brisket experience. It's almost like when we talk about the Impossible Burger and you know how could the Impossible Burger really be That bad, I mean, the impossible whopper. I'm sorry. How could the impossible whopper really be that bad when it has ketchup and mustard and onions and pickles and tomatoes and all the other crap that goes on top of a hamburger? Because it's hiding the impossible burger part of the impossible whopper. Same thing goes here. If you're going to start putting on all the subway crap that goes on every other subway sub, well, then you're burying the lead, which is brisket. And that is, if you're any barbecue restaurant, of your salt. You don't put brisket on the bottom of everything, on anything. It's always above everything. That is the lead. That's what people want to come in and get. It's the hottest thing right now. It was super thin. It had a horrendously fake-looking smoke ring. It tasted not like brisket. And there were two freaking slices on a six-inch sub. Two slices. It was insulting. It was terrible, and it was demeaning to me and everybody in the barbecue community except Doug. And it should be out of the menu immediately. And by the way, if I may ask somewhere, who in the sweet fuck is Pitmaster Ramon? Steve, who's Pitmaster Ramone?
3: i have no idea john who is pitmaster ramon
0: Uh, i don't know but i just logged this rant by the way
4: uh david do you have any idea who pitmaster ramon is yeah he's just like the pillsbury doughboy the jolly green giant he's any marketing icon that you want to believe something is authentic now let's let's go
2: to the most credible source here on this panel doug subway who must be bestest friends with ramon the pitmaster
5: well, he's been cooking for 38 years. If you read all the the uh, the information, but so uh, he must know what he's doing.
2: You know how many subway <laughs> restaurants are strewn across the country. I mean, this guy must never get sleep. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we all right. Yeah. Um, so uh, Doug likes it. Everybody else does like. It. Now let's get on with Arby's smokehouse brisket sandwich, and uh, we'll start with David.
4: Well, first off. Doug also doesn't like hot dogs, as we know. So those two things combined makes me very much question his <laughs> his taste. The longest um, running
2: embedded <laughs> correspondent and the first fired embedded <laughs> correspondent.
4: <laughs> That's not true. I've been fired multiple times already. That's so a- <laughs> um, I thought the Ar now I actually enjoy the RB sandwich, not because I believe it's a true brisket sandwich. But I believe the flavor of it, while not necessarily brisket, uh, is very enjoyable, um, and it might have to do with everything else that's on it. I think the loaded one comes with like the fried onion straws yeah. and and the cheese, and and I like Arby's horsey sauce that that horseradish flavor. So I actually don't mind it for a enjoyable sandwich, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily a, a brisket sandwich either, John.
0: I agree with David. I I didn't taste brisket in there, but I thought it was a tasty sandwich. <laughs> I thought it was good. Um, I ate the whole thing, which wasn't my intention. And I'm a an Atkins guy, so I paid that price all night for it. Um, I probably wouldn't get another one, but I thought it was a good sandwich. And but is it a brisket sandwich? That's debatable.
3: Steve, it was just a little a little more tolerable than the Subway sandwich. But it but it, but it, because it's got uh barbecue sauce smothered on it it's got an, an onion ring what can you imagine going to going down to uh, Franklin's restaurant in, in Austin and say yeah uh, put a couple onion rings on with that brisket it doesn't happen uh weird piece of cheese i don't know what was it provolone was on mine i think greg i sent you a video i don't know if you watched it or not. it looked like oh, a, yeah a piece of provolone cheese or something like that uh, a lot of sauce on it A lot of uh, just icky old sauce And that's what I tasted I tasted the tangy sauce Stand, uh, stand by
2: for, uh, for this video
3: Look at the inside, okay? This is the Subway Looks juicy Does it look nice? It looks nice it Looks okay. juicy, yeah A little juicy, alright Close her back up Alright Let's, let's get a picture of the Arby's Open that open that top yeah. That let's is see, a weird what has piece he got of on cheese? there? An onion ring? It's, it's like a weird rings do call them? Cheese. Can we get it's to the, the can you open that cheese part and yeah, let's get to the meat. Yeah, that looks tender as well. Oh, it looks
2: very <laughs> 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 it looks tender. I mean you got Steve, it in all in all honesty, you didn't seem like you hated that.
3: Well, no. <laughs> I was just trying to describe it. It looks tender. It was it was real tender. But but who knows what kind of meat it was? It looked like it it tasted like an Arby's roast beef. It tasted like an Arby's ham sandwich. It tasted just like an Arby's turkey sandwich. It, it's got no distinguishable taste. Brisket has got its own, it's, it's own wonderful uh, meat, uh, hard taste. And uh, these sandwiches don't have that. And, and they're just passing it off as brisket. It's not, they could call it a roast beef sandwich. And people go, oh, it's a great roast beef sandwich. All right, Doug, what,
2: weigh in on the Arby's smokehouse brisket, Sam. Well, it was 973
5: when it came with a drink and curly fries and you know I love curly fries. but um, mine did not have provolone. Um, so mine had cheddar just like the uh, the subway yep. and it didn't have horsey sauce and I do like the horsey sauce because that'll drown out almost anything. And in fact that would probably <laughs> be the only redeeming quality if they would have put horsey sh- sauce on this sandwich. It was terrible. Oh. The barbecue sauce is way too sweet i couldn't taste the brisket and uh when i took a bite mine had bacon on it and when i took a bite the bacon comes off in one strip um and it has sugar on it and it was that so it was sugar on top of sugar too much bun to meat ratio which is a uh, a cardinal sin in my my book and i could taste a little bit of either vinegar or perhaps liquid smoke in the brisket, and it was pretty tight. I did not like it at all.
2: Huh. Well, uh, let me continue to be with the other 75% of the panel here. <laughs> uh, this was easily the most delicious brisket sandwich of the two that I had. Uh, would I be looking to go fetch another one here after the show's over, or will I think about getting another one like anytime soon? Oh, probably not, but it was way more relatable to what I would consider to be barbecue between the two. Uh, there was way more than two freaking pieces on the Arby's sandwich than there was on the Subway sandwich. There was a smoke flavor of some sort on the Arby's meat. And by the way, uh, for somebody who is very, very... Uh, Discerning when it comes to barbecue sauce, I didn't think the bar the Arby's barbecue sauce was really that bad. um, You know, all things considered. So, and and Doug, let's be honest here. When you're making food for the incredible masses, I mean, that sauce is going to win every time. I mean, just open up a bottle of any sauce on the grocery store shelf, and it's overly sweet and it's pumped full of uh, magic smoke crap and all that stuff. So, it's not out of the uh, thought process that they would probably go that route, but I mean this was if we're rating the Subway would, for me was like a 2 like John said and then the Arby's sandwich was probably going to be an 8 if we're like there's that much discrepancy for me in in between the 2 if I had to go get another one of those I would get the Arby's 10 times out of 10 versus the Subway and I would not recommend the Subway where I would say well I mean if you have an Arby's and you really want one you won't die if you eat it I can't say that about the Subway. You might die if you eat another Subway sandwich. All right. We, I believe, have unknowingly picked a grand champion barbecue sandwich from fast food. That is the Arby's sandwich. Go to Arby's.com and send them an email and tell them to sponsor the Barbecue Central show. Doug is completely uh, against that, but that's fine. All right, uh, so you guys hang out here just for one second as we have gone uh, way long here. Uh, but that was well worth it. And we did it. We finally did it. We reviewed your fast food briskets. All right, Let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. These are some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. There's two different lines to choose from. You have a classic line, which is what I have. Uh, Detective Corey has classic line Green Mountain Grill. His brother has a classic line Green Mountain Grill as well. You also have a prime line of cookers uh, built on a little bit more of a robust chassis. Peek in windows on both cooking chamber and the pellet hopper. Two internal meat probes instead of one that you'll get on the classic line. Both pellet driven. They have pellets right there at Green Mountain Grills if you want. They also have a bunch of other accessories that are really cool. Now, if you want something to take on tailgates or camping, look at the Davy Crockett 12-volt technology right there. So, if you don't have access to a traditional power outlet, you can go ahead and work it through the 12-volt outlet in your car or adapter, whatever you want to call it. GreenMountainGrills.com is the place to go. Don't forget, if you have the Jim Bowie or the Daniel Boone, you can rip the guts out and get that pizza of an insert. And now, it's a pizza party. GreenMountainGrills.com That's GreenMountainGrills.com We are back with more Embedded Correspondence Right after this Stick around Be right back
1: Continuing to produce Incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey.
2: Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Smoke Sheet. Keeps you in the know on everything happening in the barbecue world, including top news events, recipes, and more. Started by Ryan Cooper and Sean Ludwig, and both of them travel around the country to find the best barbecue news and then report on it. You can sign up for the newsletter to see full events and results on their barbecue calendar at bbqnewsletter.com, a great all-in-one resource covering the live fire industry. As we rejoin our mates here for the Embedded Correspondents, Steve Ray, John Solberg, Doug Scheiding, and David Huff. Tennessee, Michigan, Texas, and Oklahoma, respectively. All right, guys, so uh, let's go ahead and continue our embedded correspondence talk. Did anybody have anything to add on the fast food brisket sandwiches? Has anybody seen any any new brisket sandwiches coming out that we need to try? Anybody? Uh,
4: It's not a sandwich, but I believe firmly that the Taco Bueno brisket tacos are the best fast food brisket out there. They're delicious.
2: Is that the name of the restaurant, Taco Bueno? Yep. You don't have those up in Cleveland? No, but I do know that means... Good taco in Espanol. Thank you. I am bilingual to a degree. All right, the, the next topic up for discussion is a term that seems to get thrown around like crazy anymore. It didn't really happen even 10 years ago when we were kind of getting this ball rolling in the Barbecue Central show. But now uh, anywhere you go, sponsored this, sponsored that, I'm sponsored. They sponsored this for me, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know what the hell that word means anymore because, quite frankly, I think I'm sponsored to a certain degree. And I'm wondering if there isn't a exact definition or if we can all surmise one and we can then float it out to the consuming social media public tomorrow in hopes that we get them on the right track. So, uh, Doug, you're uh, you know, a marketing guy to a certain degree, engineer, of course, smart guy. Uh, what do you think about this whole thing? What is sponsored and sponsorship, and and what does it mean to you?
5: Um, Yeah, the lines have become blurred. Um, To me, I consider that I have both. To me, a sponsor or sponsorship is more like when you're an ambassador. It's a loose arrangement, you're getting free product, you you know, you probably have a a few things. They're providing you things, you're tagging them, you're doing that. I'm I'm liking it to, uh, you know, social media. To me, the word sponsored means a little more from the standpoint of there's uh, expectations in written format on both sides and it's a contract. You're, you know, signed up as an agent Um, You know, so you have obligations. They have obligations to you. They probably pay you money. They probably provide grills. They provide, you know, sauces, rubs, whatever, along with cash. Um, Cash and prizes like the World Food Championships. But um, anyway, I think so. Sponsorship is more of an ambassador. Sponsored is more of a written obligation between the two parties.
3: Steve, your thoughts? Exactly like what Doug said, and I made a list. A sponsorship is the most overused word in in our sport. They're, most of them are helpers. I, I, and here's the difference. A sponsorship gives you money to enter the contest. A helper gives you a bottle of rub. <laughs> so if you're getting a bottle of rub, you've got a helper. You don't have a sponsor. A sponsor insures the trailer for you. A helper gives you a bag of charcoal and a sticker for your trailer. A sponsor buys you cook shirts with product patches. A helper gives you a patch for your cook shirt. Sponsor pays you to show up and cook. Helper shows you where to park. Sponsors provide cleanup crews. Helpers are your teammates and or your kids most of the people are like what Doug said I had the same word ambassadors it kills me it absolutely kills me when we go to one of these little local yokel contests that we do and Johnny local Yokel comes out and says, well my sponsor wanted me to come to this contest give me a break he wanted you to show up in Ottawa what did your 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 sponsor wants you to come to Ottawa to Cambridge square in front of literally... <laughs> Tens of people, with, in 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 coming fifth in a nine-person <laughs> contest. Are you kidding me? He wants you to do that. Uh, it's 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 out of hand. If 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 you're paying to enter the contest, you know you know in golf, when you enter a, a PGA tournament, you know how much it costs a golfer. Zero four hundred. four hundred no, dollars right. is entry fee on the PGA tour. You think. You think Tiger Woods has to pay that money? No, no. Nike's got the check already there. You think you think Bubba Watson's paying? No, no, he's not paying. Somebody else is paying for him. That's what sponsors do; they pay for you as you go. Now, if if Tiger Woods is is one you know, four hundred fifty third on the on the money on the money list, you know he may get fifty bucks from um, Titleist in a, in a in a sleeve of golf balls. He's got a helper. He doesn't have a sponsor. There's a big difference. People's calling themselves saying we're sponsored. They're being helped. They're not being sponsored.
2: John, your thoughts?
0: I agree with a lot of uh, my two other ECs I've mentioned. You know, a sponsorship is, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. It is Tiger Woods. It is like someone comes to them and goes, hey, we will give you money to put our name on your car or on your golf jersey or whatever you golfers wear. Um, It's it's an agreement between two parties with an exchange of something. I do believe that something could be product, but a true sponsored person is looking for money. Uh, Rod Gray said years ago, you know, getting sauce and rub will not put gas in the truck. So it, it, there's this fine line brand ambassador. That's another conversation. Take that right off the table. If someone sells, sell, sends me grill pens and makes me a brand ambassador, that means nothing. So sponsorship, to me, is some form of monetary exchange for some goods and services or appearances by the other party, and getting exposure to that product.
4: Uh, David Huff, I definitely agree that the line is blurred. Um, influencer, brand ambassador, sponsor, sponsorship. I don't know that there's anything that distinguishes one from the other. I think you could say I'm sponsored by Bounty Paper Towels if they give you all the paper towels you need for your cooking contest. Or you could be sponsored by Snake River Farms if they give you briskets to cook and you don't have to buy them. But I also think you could be sponsored if somebody says, hey, I will pay you to go to 10 events wear my name on your shirt and doesn't matter where you place just show up and be in front of the people and say that i am huff daddy barbecue and i use such and such product so the line it is blurred if you're asking to make a you know something distinguished i agree with what the guy said maybe the cash value could separate the difference but as far as how it exists right now it's all the same it's all just you know, different words for the same meaning. I somehow give you something of value. John, to your point, um, you were talking about the guy with pellet envy, right? From the earlier podcast where he talked about sponsorships. Um, He might, it might not give me gas in my truck, but if I don't have to pay for the items that they provided, that essentially allows me to have that money for the gas. So it's all a wash in the end.
2: Yeah. I mean, I happen to agree here in a lot of respects i think there is a lot of blurriness i think that it makes a lot of people feel good or if they have generated some kind of and i think a lot of this tends to happen on social media because that's where you see a lot of it and the ethical folks uh, whether they get stuff for free or not are using the proper hashtags or saying this is an ad right up front and not trying to pass it off as something that it's not Uh, but it it's making people feel really good about themselves. They have a couple thousand followers, and Cheerwine has sent them a six pack of Cheerwine, whatever the hell that is, and they pour a glass of it in a video, and they say, "Oh, and I'm sponsored by Cheerwine because they sent me a six pack of this stuff," or uh, you name it. Um, it's it's free to me. The bottom freaking line is cash, dollar bills, is somebody. Giving me money. Now, I will say that, you know, when you get into the bigger donated items, uh, Snake River Farm briskets or Hassle Cattle briskets, or, you know, whatever you want to say, you know, that's a little bit different, but there's a lot of ancillary crap that doesn't really amount to anything. And uh, the other thing to me, aside from the cash, is commitment. With everybody that is on my show, uh, we have an agreement. Uh, we will pay me. To represent you, I will execute these items. You will go on my website. You will get this link on this page. You will get this link on that page. You will get this link on this newsletter. Uh, uh, I will read for you 2 minutes and 45 seconds during the course of the show or up to a minute as we come in from a break leading into an interview. depending on. What, and it's these are the amounts, and we agree that you are going to pay me to do that. You are finding the value. And that's what I commit to. I can't commit to making people go to your website and buying your stuff because if i could i would be really rich and people would be paying for way more than they're paying for right now to advertise on the show but i commit to you that i will do a b c d and e and i can guarantee you that i will do these and in exchange you're going to pay me for that and that's what i think the biggest difference is it's not getting a can of rub or a bag of charcoal i mean that's not sponsored that's bullshit uh Getting cash, somebody believing you, somebody approaching you and saying, we believe in you so much, or we like your brand so much, we're going to give you money to do this. To me, that's what separates uh, the men from the boys, if you will. Uh, And uh, there you go. So anybody uh, have a rebuttal to that or want to follow up on anything?
4: Yeah, I I was curious. Maybe he would tell you, um, Jack Arnold. Yeah. Um, someone who's definitely an influencer, lots of followers. He has big green egg. He always uses Snake River Farms meat that he's always cooking. He's got, I believe, it's truffle hot sauce that he always puts on a lot of his meat, and he's got a Yeti cooler that he always dumps his stuff out of. Don't miss. Don't inter- miss
2: the most important thing: the Breitlinger watch that's always getting thrown on in the videos too. Everybody, miss that. Oh, that's sexy, bitch.
4: I would just wonder, is all of that a, hey, we'll give you a free product or, you know, is any of that uh, a paid on top of that? Not that he would reveal it, but he would be a great guy to ask because to my knowledge, he's strictly doing social media, correct?
2: Uh, I mean, I think he has a day job, but I think he's just doing social media. Otherwise,
4: but well, I mean, no competitions, no, no. world
2: food championships. No, like that. no, he doesn't do that. But he does a lot of cooking classes. I mean, you see him on tour everywhere, giving big green. But it's always, as you said, it's always those brands that he is in front of. So to me, I, I would go out on a limb and say that probably some of those are paying him, and that's mm-hmm. why he's only using those things. So, I mean, it's hard to you know show up with it, uh, John. You disagreeing?
0: Yeah, a couple of those mentioned names ain't giving anybody any money, but they're getting out a lot no, of no. I
2: I agree with that. I sa- so. What I'm saying is, I think some are paying, and, and I know some are probably donating uh, those for exposure. Because I agree with you, John. There, some of those, especially one, uh, is not a believer in spending any fucking money, no matter what. So, uh, yeah. Uh, all right. You,
3: um, you know, ahead. real quick, Greg. Real quick. You know who the perfect example of a truly sponsored person with Doug, all the things that you said, the agreements, I'll do this for in exchange for this money, is Dr. Barbecue. He is your poster child for sponsorship. He doesn't work. He goes to big green egg festivals. He has a restaurant that he goes to that he's hooked up with. He is probably the best example of somebody that has turned a career into a money-making career being sponsored by a corporation like Big Green Egg.
2: I think a better example is Jess Pryles. I think that companies pay her. Uh, I think she would much rather be paid. I I don't know if she does take stuff. Uh, Maybe she does, actually, if you go through some social media stuff. But I think, by and large, she's a a spokesperson for a a small handful of companies that pay her, and that's how she makes the majority of her money. And then she uh, has... uh, merch and you know all this other stuff through her online store book sales and whatnot but i think uh she's a a, a a a spokesperson if you will so uh doug
5: i think danielle is the person danielle is sponsored is an agent for traeger she's she does a lot you know she's taught three thousand people she's now a woman of duluth et cetera. i think danielle is
0: yeah. the current best example
2: yeah uh john your thoughts
0: I think Dr. Barbecue and Danielle are contractors. I don't think they're sponsored for anything. They're contractors and they get paid a fee and that's what they are. They're, they're not sponsored. Dr. Barbecue is not sponsored to go cook and get out in front of people. He gets paid. He's a contractor. There is a difference there.
3: Yeah. I see what you're saying. I see, I see what you're saying. Sorry. But, uh, but still, uh, I, you know, he's getting, he's getting paid to do what he loves. And that's, that's sort of a sponsorship.
4: All right, John, Greg, was, that, John Greg, give, was that your anniversary mixtape that yeah, just played there? You're damn right. We're going to hear it here in just
2: a second. Um, John, so give me your best example of sponsored right now. Who's sponsored world? Yeah,
0: Today in the world of barbecue? Yeah. I, I, I can't give you an example. Rod Gray is the guy from the day. Is he still sponsored? I don't know. I don't even know where Rod Gray is today. Um, but it, if someone is getting all their meat from Snake River Farms, I would, I would call them sponsored. All right.
3: Yeah. Yeah, there there are some big teams. I think there's some big those big players. They they are they are sponsored uh, if they're getting a, a a a large compensation like meat that is a a large compensated item that you don't have to spend and that money. You know, you if you're not having to spend 175 dollars on a brisket, you can put that in your gas tank. Then we're now we're talking cash. If you're talking seven dollar bottle of rub. Uh, give me a break yeah no that's barter that's barter cash is cash
2: yes cash is cash uh you know this for that is barter no doubt about it all right uh so here's what we've learned uh we've decided that this is a murky subject and it is still really murky still really murky but we tried our best gang so uh that's all i can ask we have steve ray from utahua tennessee john solberg from the state up north we have Uh, Doug Scheiding, the longest running Embedded Correspondent from Texas And there's David Huff Right there in Oklahoma, bottom right Guys, we have done it We have done another Embedded Correspondent segment And we will see you guys towards the end Of November Oh my god, away we go Get your turkey recipes, guys I'm telling you right now, we're going to need it That's a weird look for me right there i got to get out of that one i got to get out of that look Holy moly Alright, as I said in the end I don't know what we were able to discern, define or regulate but it was fun to try and put a pencil on it. We have nothing to disseminate to social media tomorrow and going forward but maybe we'll revisit again. Or maybe now they're just, you know, words that are being thrown out there anymore. Who knows? The subway and Arby's recap was tremendous. And the World Foods was better than I thought. We're back to wrap up the show. Stick around. We'll be right back.
1: Whole Packers. Full racks. Legs and thighs. Injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best Triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpey.
2: All right, welcome back. Thanks again to the guys for hanging with me through the embedded correspondence. Steve David Doug and John and we get ready to wrap it up here would love your thoughts if you want to email me or shoot me a note here while you're doing YouTube or on the Facebook on what you think sponsorship is and what it means to you and sponsored or influencer or you know whatever it is these days love to get your insight on that as well share next show Let's get out. All the way back in the first hour, Jackie Milligan talked about her time at the World Food Championships this past weekend, won the Eat Barbecue side of things, came in third on the IBCA, won the Fire Women's Challenge down there as well. How about that? Then we talked with Max Good about the new Kalamazoo Kamado-style cooker. And in the second hour, we had the Embedded Correspondence, why we talked about world food again we talked about the Arby's and Subway brisket sandwich reviews and ultimately there was a majority rule on the Arby's sandwich being the better of the two by a landslide I might add and then we uh, ended it by talking about sponsorship and being sponsored and what it means big show planned for you next week the brand new CEO of the KCBS is in, Emily Detweiler, amongst many others. September 11th, 2001, I will never forget a special birthday wish to my wife, Becky Rempe. Till I see you next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.